All right, everyone. Welcome to the Slightly Above Average Football Fan Podcast with Andrew Drozdak and Thomas Bowen. This is a podcast for slightly above average football fans, slightly below average football fans that want to learn more about the game. And if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here and we hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, welcome in. It is season two, episode 21 of the Slightly Above Average Football Fan Podcast. I'm here with my good buddy. He just bought his Joe Burrow jersey, glasses, and necklace. Thomas Bowen, how's that Joe Burrow uh, starter kit coming? Oh, it's going great, man. Fits well. I know you love it and you like to give me all the grief, but man, I, I am a Burrow fan and looking forward to see what he can do here. Absolutely. And we are joined with a special guest tonight. We have Josh Kendall from TheAthletic.com here with us. Josh, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, guys. We're excited to have Josh with us. He, he's covering the Falcons now. He's covered the Gamecocks in the past. You cover a little bit of golf, too, I believe, right, man? Yeah, a little bit of anything. Whatever they'll let me do and keep paying me for. <laughs> hey, I hear you on that, man. I hear you. All right, so let's jump into this thing. So for Josh and anybody else new to the show, we start us off with a little reaction spot called What the World, because that's what my niece loves to say, and we think it's funny. So we're going to start our first What the World with NFL overtime rules. So clearly the reason that this kind of came up on the board, Bowen and, and Josh, is you know, we had the Buffalo Chiefs game that essentially ends because of a coin toss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, 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 and this is one of the things that, that I have always disliked here. And I love to preach this when, when my NFL fan friends talk about how much they love the NFL more than college. And it's, you, you can't have a game in like that. Yeah, it was bad. And, and, you know, my thing is it, it just doesn't feel like the rules of football. Like, I realize the college things are a little bit, you know, it starts on this yard line. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels – I get it that it's very unsatisfactory. But is it is it any more blasphemous to football than a two-point conversion contest at yeah. the end? Of, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I totally understand it. I just don't know that there's a perfect way to do it. I mean, right. you are still playing football. You still have a chance to make a defensive stop. And 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 they changed, they tweaked it so that you know you can't just kick a field goal and the game's over. I mean, I like the twenty-five yard college rule, but you know we we've seen them pare that down for player safety, which I which I get to to basically the two point the two point conversion contest. That's no more satisfying to me than an overtime where one quarterback doesn't touch the ball. Yeah, no, Josh, you made you made a you made a good point there. You, the the flip side of that coin there is like, well, hey, the defense has got to make a stop, and and that's always the argument, the devil's advocate to that. And I get that too. I think it's just, especially when you have such a back and forth game like that, and you want to see you want to see Josh Allen, you want to see them get another chance at it. So it's just you know, it's just the football junkie in me that wants to see more. Oh, absolutely. It was it was sad to see that game end. I mean, you'd love to see it keep going on forever. But in terms of a competitive fairness issue, you know, they both had a chance in regulation to win the game. You know, you didn't get it done in 60 minutes. You leave it up to fate a little bit, you know. Yeah. That's that's a good point. So I will say I, one guy I heard talk about it, um, Chris Long, you know, Howie Long's son played for the Rams, played for the uh, the Patriots and the Eagles. 
you know, he made a great point that he understood it in the regular season. Cause like Josh was talking about player safety and really wear and tear on your body playing yeah. another, playing another quarter. Like if they just said, okay, we're going to add 15 more minutes to the clock and we're going to start this thing over, you know, during a 16 now 17 game season, you got even more potential for injury. So I do get it there. And Josh, you make a good point about, you know, they, they tweak the rules and, and make it a little weird for the college game. You know, I just, again, I, I hate the coin toss and I got to admit, and I, I'm sure you guys kind of thought this too, when, K, when when Kansas City got the coin toss again against uh, 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 in the against the Bengals, I was like, "You got to be kidding me! How lucky were these guys?" Like, <laughs> and that might have ended it. That might have that might have precipitated a change to the overtime rule. If if that had happened back to back, and they go down and score another touchdown, oh yeah, just like that, I I could see you know a competition committee meeting in the offseason where they change that. But Cincinnati. <laughs> Got the stop. Cincinnati did what Buffalo didn't do. They got yeah. the stop and won the game. You're exactly right. And to that point, and we'll we'll, we'll stop beating this dead horse. Uh, Clayton White, Carolina's defensive uh, coordinator, tweeted out, "That's what you do. You play. You make a defensive stop. Like when right. when that happened, he was like, if you want the ball back, make a defensive stop. I, I, I thought that, that was opportunity. Very yeah. good point. E- now, easy for the DC who's watching the game to call it to stay, <laughs> exactly, right? exactly. Well, the one thing I'll say also, uh, maybe it was just me. When uh, when the Bengals scored for a second, I was like, "No, wait a minute! Is does that end the game?" Because I thought it was if you got a field goal. I I was so confused. That's why I think I was confused. Is it sounds like the players even were like, "Wait a minute! Is it over? Did we win?" And so it's just <laughs> sort of a crazy thing. But it is what it is. You got to continue. Uh, you got to obviously take into account player safety. Um, so for this next one, let me just say I do believe, and I think uh, you know, I think most people would agree with this. The Washington football team nickname had to change. It was, you know, it's time for that to change. But today they came up and announced their name, uh, which had become a really uh, poorly kept secret. They are now the Washington Commanders. I, I, I don't know about you guys. That feels very, I don't know, weird, unsatisfying. I would have almost stayed Washington football team if I was going there. <laughs> I did not mind Washington football team. I'll be honest no, with you. It's, same. The problem, the problem, and honestly – and I wonder if this was a factor in their decision, is that WFT right. is pro, you know, is kind of problematic when you see it because you, you can transpose <laughs> those letters and you think, you know, you think something. I wonder if because those brands are so important Great. to those NFL teams and you can't right. just be throwing WFT around. <laughs> although maybe they would have sold a ton of shirts. I don't know. <laughs> well, and they could that could have been a marketing thing right there where either WFT or were W uh WFT, you know, or there's been WTF. a lot of WF. There's been a lot of WTF with that football team. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. So switching gears, staying in the NFL, you know, the the announcement finally is official, official. Uh, from Tom Brady himself. Tom Brady has retired from football for now. He may, maybe he pulls an MJ, who knows? Um, but it is official. He's done after 22 years in the league. You know, I think most people, you know, and if you've got an argument against it, I'd love to hear it. We we have to say he's the greatest of all time at this point, correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I say it begrudgingly because, you know, <laughs> as a guy who has grown weary of it, um, because he's never been on any of my teams. Right. You know, it, but there's there's no question. I mean, seven rings, the, the stats, I mean, it, for, across the board, 
the stats, the wins, the whole nine yards, playing at age 44 as as high a level as anybody in, in the game. It's now, let me, let me ask you all this. Let's say, let's say he never goes to Tampa, and let's say he, he stays in New England. He does win one more Super Bowl, just like he won one down in Tampa Bay, and everything else, ceteris paribus, and then he rides off into the sunset after this year. Is it, do, do we still feel the same way, or is it the fact that he did it at another place? Does that add to it? I still think it's the same thing, but I, I think both are true. I, I, think, I still think he's the greatest of all time if he finishes in New England just like this, but I think that the fact that he went and did it somewhere else, and, the, and at the same year he won the Super Bowl, we saw the Patriots struggle by their standards. You know, I do think that adds something to it. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, you know, to go, there's only a few guys in the history of the NFL. I mean, I think it's maybe just him and Peyton that have won in, for two different uh, teams in Super Bowls. I know other guys have played, like Kurt Warner played for the for the Cardinals, but they lost. It's a pretty short list, but Peyton, no disrespect to Peyton Manning, that Denver that Denver Super Bowl, you know, that defense was really leading the charge there. And yeah. he, he did fine, but it was really – they were yeah. leaning on that defense. Like Josh was saying, Tom was still the best quarterback, if not the best – one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL last season and really this season too. He's not out of the running for a potential offensive player of the year or MVP. That's not out of out of the question here. Right, yeah. And so while he didn't run off right off in the sunset with a, a championship, you know, he he's still at the top of his game. You know, and quite honestly, if the Buccaneers don't run a, a just ridiculous safety blitz on the last play of the game and let Cooper Cup get free release all the way down the sideline and into the behind the safety, he may be playing for another Super Bowl. Who knows? Yeah, and I think that, you know, there are some people in the in the NFL who are Chapped is the wrong word because I think that they're probably breathing a sigh of relief if you give them truth serum. But, you know, they they kind of wanted a shot at Brady. This Bucks team, I think, because of the salary cap and various things, is not even with Brady, it wouldn't have been the same Bucks team that it was before. I think that there were some people in the NFL who wanted to see him have a late career slide and wanted to get a few shots back at him while he was, you know, not in his prime and, and are un- upset that they're not going to have that opportunity. Yeah. Although there's no guarantee they would have ever had that opportunity. He might have kept, kept kicking their butt until he was 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? He he was doing just amazing things. So, yeah, I think he he obviously had – we have to talk about him being the greatest of all time. And right, last thing I'll say here before we start talking Super Bowl – Talking of quarterback talent, the AFC right now, and Josh, I know you cover the Falcons in the NFC. The AFC that has so much young quarterback talent right now, it's crazy. Like when you list off those guys that could potentially be starting quarterbacks and high-level starting quarterbacks in the AFC for many years to come, it, it's a long list. And that's not the case in the NFC right now. I would not want to be – if you're one of those non-quarterback teams in the AFC, if you're not – I'm going to miss somebody. If you're not Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, San Diego – I keep I still call them San Diego. The Chargers. Say, Chargers. <laughs> Who am I missing? Who am I missing on that list? Uh, let's see. Um, you said the Chargers. I said I the mean, Chargers. And then I think – so maybe that's the list. Maybe that's the right. four. If you're not one of those four teams in the AFC, I mean – you could get it could look pretty bleak because those guys are really talented and they're really young. 
That's exactly right. And I mean, even, you know, Mahomes, who, you know, had sort of a, in a weird way, an up and down year this year, you know, for his standard, because he had some tough stretches, didn't play great in the overtime um, through the pick there. But, you know, he's still very young to be as accomplished as he is. He's still a very young player. And then, you know, there's just a a lot of talent there. All right. So let's, without any. Yeah, wait, Andrew, hang on. I I would be remiss if I didn't bring Uh up, if if, speaking of being young, if you want to feel really old, uh, I I saw this stat today and uh, kind of made me feel old with with Tom Brady retiring you realize now there are no remaining active NFL players that played college football in the 90s oh that does make me feel old yeah yeah that, does that, one, that one got me right in the feels mm-hmm. you know what what was interesting to me along those same lines and made me feel very old is somebody um, today tweeted a, a list of uh, the pre- the high school rankings that you know 20 years ago because mm-hmm. for signing day. And these were the mm-hmm. top 30, 40 guys. And I, so I just I opened it up and glanced at the list and thought to myself, I wonder if any of these guys are still in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, 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 they're, and they're not either. So even that, even going back that far, we've already seen us old guys have seen them play two careers <laughs> coming back. Yeah, right. it's crazy. I mean, uh, but I think I saw something today that said when the last time, like, you know, 23 years ago, last time before Brady was in the NFL, the I think it said the iPod had not even been released yet. Not like the iPhone, the iPod. And I was like, that that makes me feel kind of old there. Like, I mean, that's that's really kind of crazy. I mean, you know, obviously you the guys on this podcast, we had Walkman and whatever else. But I mean, that's that's kind of crazy to think about. Um, all right. So let's jump into the Super Super Bowl breakdown here. I'm old, for anybody who's new to the show, we kind of go back and forth. Thomas, uh, or I'll start us off talking about the Bengals O since they're the away team. And uh, Thomas will talk Rams D and then we'll switch it around to the other. And Josh will jump in and tell us his thoughts here and there. So we've got the Bengals offense. Obviously, every offense starts with the quarterback, Joe Burrow. The first thing I've, I've got to say about Joe Burrow is he looks like a seasoned veteran. For a guy who's a second year quarterback who had his you know first year cut short by injury, he looks much more comfortable than you would expect somebody in that situation to do. He has a lot of great pocket presence, sees the field field well, and he's more mobile and stronger than most people give him credit for, including me. He stepped out of a tackle two times on Chris Jones for the for the Chiefs when he was going to get sacked. He he ducked underneath him, and then Chris chased after him and was going to grab it and grab his leg, and he was able to kick out of it to run for a first down. I didn't think he had that in him. Um, he's been called a year the after new, ACL surgery too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been called the, uh, the new Joe cool that I think the, the, the name is Joe Burr for Burrow. So that, that's kind of cool. Here's the biggest thing that I, I think is going to be the, the, the talk of all the folks who are going to talk about this, us included the offensive line for the Bengals is the biggest concern coming into this game because they struggled. Obviously most against all season long, they gave up 52 sacks this year. But in the in the Titans game, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times. That that is crazy. That is just an insane number. The two players on that line that struggle the most are the guards, Quentin Spain and Jackson Cameron. Jackson Cameron's from Clemson. He's a rookie. Um, so having a rookie starter on the offensive line is always tough. 
what they really seem to struggle with from what I watched and looked at late twist Bowen, some late stunts there. It's not the immediate blitz. It's not, you know, an a gap fire. It's that late blitz. They don't, they don't seem to keep their eyes on a, on a swivel, get that head back as a good offensive lineman in pass protection. You want your head back to be able to see, you don't want your head in the guy's chest and it's, really been a struggle for them up front. Thomas, you can talk more about that when you talk Rams D because they've got this offensive line has got to now block Von Miller and Aaron Douglas. And Aaron Douglas is Donald. The, Donald sorry. I do that all the time. Aaron <laughs> Donald is probably the best football player, uh, you know, outside of quarterbacks on the field. You could make an argument for a lot of things there. I think so, if you re- what's interesting to me about this conversation is rewind the clock a year ago uh, because essentially for, for most of the NFL teams, including the one I cover, they're officially in, in draft season. Right. So this, all their talk is about, you know, what, who, who are you taking? This time a year ago, the conversation was the Bengals have to take an offensive lineman. We know their offensive line is bad. Got to take an offensive lineman. You've got to protect the young quarterback. And they, with Burrow's encouragement, went a different direction. Said, you want to protect me, get me another – get me Jamar Chase. And if there are some days when I get sacked nine times, I can, I can handle that because three times I'm going to hit that guy and he's going to go 60 yards. Yeah. And so he was willing to live with that balance. I think that NFL teams are worried that lots of quarterbacks couldn't handle – 52 sacks as well as Joe Burrow handles 52 sacks. So they would be just kind of crushed literally and figuratively by that. So I'm not sure that you can replicate. I'm not sure that everybody can replicate that, that plan, but I do think some teams might try. I understand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at a big, strong guy like Josh Allen, he he's stepping out of plays and, and making big plays there. So he may be able to somebody who could do that. So when you look at this run game, it's very zone based. Joe Mixon's a reliable back. He, he rushed for over 1,200 yards this year. I think he was third in the league. Um, the interesting thing, not necessarily a home run threat. Zero rushes of 40-plus yards and only six rushes of 20 yards. That's, uh, you know, that's not that's not exactly somebody you're thinking is going to take it to the house on any given play. But still, at over 1,000 yards in the season, that's pretty strong. You know, he the, the they like the outside zone a lot, um, which I like the outside zone. It's a very easily blocked play, in my opinion. And it's a great situation where if you get overflow, you can easily cut back. I mean, that's what the Broncos built their system off of in the 90s with Terrell Davis and guys after that. But this is a just like the Rams. This is a pretty heavy pass team. Uh, they like to use a lot of 11 personnel. For anybody listening that's a slightly below average football fan, that means one tight end, one back. Um, they'll use a lot of 10 personnel, no back or no tight ends, but they like to use 11 a lot. And what they really like to do is go with a three by one formation, Bowen, to get those. You might have a tight end and then uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to one side of the formation, and they like to get Jamar Chase by himself particularly early downs, because on first and 10, defensives has got to think about the run game. You're going to try and run. So they may sneak a, 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 a safety down in the box or at least be looking there to try. When you do that, Thomas, you've talked a lot on this show about bracket coverage. They want to, defenses want to bracket 
chase right now. Even though he struggled early on, he's really become a great player uh, so far this year. They want to put a safety over top of for help, but if they're on first down, if you're doing that, you're taking an extra guy out of the box, you're daring them to run, and Mixon and this line are good enough to make you pay And the fact that they're going to get first downs, they're going to put themselves in good positions there. They use the run game to set up the pass. That's really a big part of this. Uh, Joe Burrow completed uh, 70% of his passes this year. That's just uh, for a second-year quarterback. That's just amazing. That's just amazing for a second-year quarterback. And I'm very impressed by that number. And the thing about it is he spreads the ball around. You hear about Jamar Chase. He's the rookie. He's the stud. But T. Higgins is making a lot of catches, made a lot of catches in the AFC Championship game. Same for Tyler Boyd. And he does do a good job of distributing the ball to his backs as well. Um, You know, here's the thing. We mentioned it already. Rams have a great defensive front. They don't have to bring linebackers to get pass pressure. They don't. They they, they rush four. They might rush five because they like to go five down sometimes, but they're not going to let you – they're not going to vacate the middle for you and bring backers to create space. That's a problem. So you have to get the run game going because you need those linebackers to step up. You need those linebackers to step up to create space behind them to get some of these guys open. 52 sacks coming in in the regular season. Obviously, he took a, a bunch in the, in the postseason as well. Thomas, what are you what are you seeing uh, from the Bengals offense here? You mean uh, from the Rams defense against the Bengals offense? Well, I was just if you had anything <laughs> else you wanted to throw in on. No, uh, I mean I, I I think you you hit the nail on the head, particularly uh, with with Burrow is, and I've made no no bones about it. I'm a big Burrow fan, and I think he's just he's got he's he's got that it factor that I think that Cincinnati is been missing i think if we go back very very early in this season of the podcast uh maybe preseason shows um and, and we threw in there who was our super bowl pick uh, i got the state right but i got the team wrong I, I think i threw out the browns for my for my super bowl picks so uh but anyway uh i think uh, I, so I just, you're gonna I really just like, so i'm clear you're gonna sidestep that really cold take by saying yeah. you were in the right state. I just want to make sure yeah. I'm clear on that. The Browns, okay. were, yeah. the Browns were a popular pick. <laughs> they were. They were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think I think Burrow, Burrow again, is the it factor here, but I think it's going to come down to that offensive line because it is trouble. But Josh makes a great point about how Burrow handles those sacks and still finds those guys to hit those big plays. Absolutely, he's, not, and, he's just not rattled by it. He, he, you know, he, he. We haven't seen him make a really bad decision. We haven't seen him lose his aggressiveness. We've just seen him, you know, go to the next play. Yeah, I agree. He doesn't have a shell shocked look. It's never like, oh man, I've taken a big hit here, and now what do I do? It, he's like, all right, next one, let's go. And you know, that's a that killer instinct. I mean, he. When you think about this guy, you know, he's been through some things, you know, transferred out of Ohio State, came to LSU, did have a great first year at LSU, went bad, but he didn't have a great first year. And then, you know, obviously did what he did in 2019 with that offense and getting the Heisman and everything else. But, you know, a little bit of that. a lot of money for Joe Brady, probably. That's absolutely. Actually got got him the gig with the Panthers, Uh, you know, and so that's – you know, that's something there. And it's just, you know, it is a different breed. It is a different breed when that happens. All right, Bowen, tell us a little bit about this Rams defense. Oh, you know, and, and breaking this down and, and looking at my notes here, um, this, this, I really like this Rams defense, one of the league's toughest pass defenses. So I think 
one of the big keys for them is limiting Burrow's explosive plays. Burrow had, I believe, 12 completions of 50-plus yards in the regular season. I didn't realize until earlier this week that's most by any quarterback in the last 20 years, I believe, which is crazy. Um, But don't blitz Burrow. Burrow is very effective against the blitz, and that kind of goes against the Rams' MO here. They're a blitz-heavy team. I think they blitz around 28% of the time. But, again, Burrow is just fantastic against the blitz. Top 10 EPA expected points added for those uh, against the blitz. So don't blitz him. And so I'm going to run a lot of zone defense. You mentioned earlier talking about Jamar Chase, and you got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. you got to kind of pick your poison there. Uh, so I'm going to run a lot of pattern matching zone that we've talked about before, that zone defense that looks like man defense. Burrow has shown that that he can just eat man coverage alive all day. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier. Normally with a guy like Jamar Chase, you want to bracket him where you've got essentially double coverage on him. But with T. Higgins on the field, you're kind of screwing yourself if you bracket either one of them. So you got to pick your poison. And then also you look at T. Higgins – Big body possession type guy, six foot four. He's probably going to be covered by Darius Williams, five foot nine. Massive mismatch there. So I really want my defense, if I'm the Rams here, I want my front guys to just feast. You talked about Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and those guys. Those guys have to dominate in the middle because you cannot let Burrow kill you with those big throws. Absolutely. And the thing about any passer, you know, as good as Joe is at taking the hits, if you can bring pressure, if you can get pressure up front, not around the edges, he doesn't have that step step up in the pocket capability. When he when you're when you're able to get to him up front, that's why an A gap blitz can be so deadly at times. If you get home, it it really messes you up um, because you don't have anywhere to go. You know, if, if you have outside rushers, you can find like a crevice, you can step forward. Joe did it on a third, a key third and seven against the Chiefs, where he ran for a first down. So if you're getting pressure up the gut which is Aaron's right there. Aaron, Aaron Donald is right there to do that. That is, and I even was hearing today, somebody was talking about they wouldn't be shocked to see Von Miller moved inside at times in certain packages because these guards have struggled so much early uh, or this season for the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, that is the biggest concern going in. But here's the thing, you know, and, and Josh and, and everybody listening, Thomas and I played a little uh, personal bet on the AFC game that was, you know, just a, next to the home we see each other, somebody's got to buy each other a beer. I put the over-under on sacks in that game at five because, I mean, after what the the Titans did, it just right. looked like a Swiss cheese fest. And he – you know, I, that's what I give Joe credit for. Not only does he take those hits, he was moving. He he was ready, and I that was impressive. Uh, there was obviously some preparation in there that he does coming in. Yeah, and he was able to uh, get out of a lot of trick, a lot of those situations. And, and I, you know, this game could come down to exactly that. You know, the this much of a difference between can you escape that sack versus do you take a seven yard loss? Exactly. Exactly. The Rams did not play the Falcons this season, correct? No. They didn't. Okay. I, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember. Um, neither right. of these teams. Gotcha. No worries. No worries. All right. So, switching gears to the Rams offense. Matt Stafford uh, obviously was brought in this offseason to do this, to get them to the Super Bowl. Not just to get them to the Super Bowl, because they've done that once before to help them win. You know, Jared Goff was sent to Detroit and uh, off into the wilderness, if you will. And they felt like that was sort of the missing piece for this team, along with some other things they added, um, like Von Miller and, and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, he's 
got one of the strongest arms we've seen in the NFL, you know, in a while. He can he can chuck that thing. They love a good vertical passing game. Cooper Cup led the league in receptions, receiving yards, and I believe receiving touchdowns, if I'm not uh, incorrect on that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. that, the triple, I mean, that's amazing. He's obviously got to be Offensive Player of the Year, in my opinion, with those numbers. Um, coming out of Eastern Washington, I believe, uh, not somebody that anybody was looking great things for out of high school and probably not even out of college. Uh, I think he was a second-round pick there. Might be the best route runner in the league. I love watching him run routes. He's really, really good. Of course, they brought in Odell Beckham Jr., from the Cleveland Browns, uh, believe you know, late in the season there, that a part of that came from the fact that Robert Woods, their other wide receiver, got hurt um, during the year and is out. So that you know that was a good there. Odell Beckham Jr. looks more like the Odell Beckham Jr. that played for the Giants than the Odell Beckham Jr. that played for the Browns. And he had a very good game in this NFC Championship game uh, against the 49ers. Had some clutch catches on third downs and and big big down the distance there. The, the Rams love a good bunch formation. They love to get Cup in a bunch formation where he's off the line. He's got two or one or two wide receivers in front of him to get a free release. Where the Bengals' way of it's just a different way to to try and get your your key guy open. The Bengals' way is to kind of ISO chase over by himself and make you decide: Am I going to double him or am I going to get outnumbered on the other side? With Cup, it's about we're going to get him released. You're not going to be able to jam him. You're not going to be able to knock him off his route. And they use that a good bit there. They all they love to throw the ball. They are a throw first team, 10th most pass attempts in the league this season uh, against the 23rd most rush attempts in the year. So they want to throw the ball. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, former Bengal, former Bengal, an elder statesman, statesman in the league, and on this uh, offensive line is the anchor there. He was back. They gave up the eight fewest sacks in the league. So whereas the Bengals struggled with a pass rush, the Rams really did a good job of protecting uh, Stratford. So Stafford, I said Stratford. Uh, that is a, uh, you know, he's, that that is where they are. You know, you have Sean McVay. He was the Vunder kid. He was what everybody wanted. He was, you know, now we have all these young coaches in the NFL. And, of course, Kyle Shanahan and and uh, the Green Bay Packer head coach's name is escaping. Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, another young guy. So all three were one time on the Washington football team staff uh, back in, uh, I think, 2013. And so they were kind of, you know, all playing against each other there. But they want to throw the ball. I think that is the most important thing to remember here. And this Bengals defense, it doesn't have the names. And Thomas, I'm not going to step on you. It doesn't have the names, but they've done a lot. Uh, they've, They've really come up big at times. Um, Josh, when you watch a young defense like this in the NFL, you know, I know you were really uh, uh, the Falcons, you know, was your main coverage. But when you look around at the league, did you anticipate the Bengals defense being what they are this season? No, I mean, I I think we thought that their offense would be really good, but their defense would be really bad. And the defense, as much as the offense got them here and it and it did this defense had to achieve respectability. And it was a long way from that last year. And they get a ton of credit for doing that. They are good enough. And now they're playing with a little confidence. And so they're a little bit better. Now, is that going to matter, you know, against Stafford and company? I don't know. But the, the defense is the reason nobody was talking about the Bengals coming into the year. Yeah, I think as a Super Bowl team. 
Yeah, and I think this year was uh, since they brought in defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. How you say yeah, Anarumo? I, I think that's right. Yeah, since they brought in Lou, like uh, you know, they they haven't been uh, at least fan wise haven't been really singing his praises. And this was kind of a put up or shut up year for them. And I think I mean this defense has obviously delivered this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they—it's amazing what has has come out of this defense. So, Thomas, how how is how are the Bengals? You know, what are they built on? What are, what are their what's their main their main mo here? Defensively, yeah. you know, I, I think I think really look look to last week to the championship game, and the Bengals were were all over Mahomes. I think they sacked him four times. They were mostly only bringing three rushers. They would put a spy on Mahomes because, of course, you know, he can crush you with his legs. But secondary played great. There were times where Mahomes had had plenty of time, but nobody could get open. And, you know, typical MO for this Bengals defense, they're not a blitz-heavy defense. They, I think this on the season, they rushed five or more, less than 20%. Um, I think we're going to see much of the same in this game. A lot of zone defense. Second half, if you look at the game last week, and, and everybody talks about Patrick Mahomes' massive second half collapse, which he did. I mean, I think he was first half, Mahomes was 18 of 21, 220, and three touchdowns. Second half, I, I don't have those numbers, but I know his passer rating dropped from like 150 to 12. His adjusted completion went from essentially 100% to 53%. But you got to give a lot of credit to the defense here and the adjustments that Anarumo and that defense made at halftime. Second half, they came out, again, only rushing three, a lot of dollar and quarter coverage. Dollar coverage, three, two, six, quarter coverage, three, one, seven. They were putting eight defenders into coverage. Now, earlier we talked about bracket coverage, how you got to pick your poison. If you bracket one, you're going to leave somebody else alone. Well, when you drop eight into coverage, that allowed them to bracket that, that will allow them to bracket Cup and OBJ and yeah. still have a safety on the back end. So I, I think it was just a brilliant halftime adjustment by them and really let the front three get after it. DJ Reader, nose tackle, you've talked about it, Andrew, before, how much trouble a, a true nose tackle gives you. Now, Reader, they'll, they'll line him up on dead, dead nose on the center or shade him on a guard. They like to move him around a lot, but – you know, it, it's it's really going to be dropping a lot of guys into coverage, bringing three. You can't blitz Stafford because you want to talk about another quarterback that'll eat you alive if you blitz him. Like I think his EPA shot through the roof on blitzes. So I'm really excited about this Super Bowl because I think there's not going to be much of a running game in here, and it's going to be a, a boat race slinging around. I take that back. I don't know that it'll be a boat race because of these defenses, but if you like a heavy passing game, this going to be some gun slinging in this game. Yeah, I think both these teams, if if they if both of these teams' offensive game plan, if they were able to run what they want to run, they they want to throw the ball. They want to throw the ball. They they both run to set up the pass. You know, I think the difference, Thomas, you made a good point um, with with what they did to uh, the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, where they were able to drop they dropped eight, rush three. I think the difference here is that you've got a little bit better of a, of a rushing game with the Rams. You know, the, the, you know, I didn't talk much about it cause it's been inconsistent, but the chiefs really, it, it was, it, their rush game has been tough and, and it's been their Achilles heel. You know, I'm an Eagles fan. I've mentioned that on the show a bunch of times. I love Andy Reed. I love Andy Reed. Great dude. 
what is it did a great a lot of great stuff in uh Philly didn't get us a a championship but came darn close you know but he has had a bad habit in these AFC and NFC championships with the Eagles to kind of collapse in the second half and and it kind of felt that way Mahomes here's my thing with Patrick Mahomes he is a very very talented quarterback we all know that he's been MVP he, he he's amazing but it felt like at times this season he was relying too much on the improvised play in games where they struggled. It felt like he was looking to do the creative thing too yeah. much. Am I, am I reading too much into that? No, I think you're right. And I think that they, you know, I think that they improved when they started taking, when Patrick Mahomes started taking check more checkdowns and started playing within the framework of the offense. And I think Kansas city ran the ball pretty well in the first half. Yeah. Last against the Bengals, and they just got away from it in the second half. So, you know, I, I, if you're flipping that script around and talking about the Rams, if the Bengals drop eight and play that deep coverage, you know, will Sean McVay be patient enough to run, just run the ball? I mean, you brought, you brought Stafford in to, to win this game, like you said, you're, and you're exactly right. You, you brought Stafford in because – you're Sean McVay, you've got all these passing ideas, and Matthew Stafford can make them reality. Will you have the patience, if that's what it comes down to, to get a Super Bowl ring, just to hand the ball to Cam makers and keep doing it? And they had a lot of success with it in the, in the divisional round, you know, or, or maybe it was the – yeah, it was division when they had a, a lot of success around the ball. You know, Sean McVay takes some heat particularly for his use of timeouts. And also, you know, he, he really took some heat in the NFC championship for, for, you know, his use of challenges were just kind of strange. Um, He gets, yeah. Did he lose all of his challenges in that game? He he did. And he didn't do a whole lot of challenging in the season, apparently. So that was, that was interesting. They, yeah. I heard on one podcast, I think it was Chris uh, Long's podcast, he talked about how, you know, Thomas, I know one of your least favorite things about coaches is having a grown man have a get-back coach that pulls you off the sideline. They, that they need – he needs a get-back, like, challenge flag coach. Like, yeah. don't let him throw the challenge flag. Or he just needs – he just needs an assistant to to hold on to that challenge flag. That's Whenever right. he wants it, like, are you sure? Are you sure you want that? <laughs> you sure this is a good time, coach? You sure this is a good time? You know – the other thing that this is kind of changing gears here that's interesting, you know, last we're in Super Bowl 56 happened last year. It's happened again this year. The team that is hosting the Super Bowl is playing in the Super Bowl before last year and this year. It had never happened before. Yeah. And now it happens two years in a row. Kind of crazy there. I, You know, we can talk about this for a second. You know, the Rams tried to not let 49ers fans get tickets to this not game. Tickets, yeah. And <laughs> it turned into a neutral site game. Like they were using the the silent count. The Rams were using their silent count at home. That's crazy. And that's you know that's been the you know I think going back to when we were kids that was the rub on L.A. You know why doesn't L.A. have a team? The teams that tried it in L.A. just found that you know people in Los Angeles had better things to do with their time. Right. Um, it's you know. Will this get them fans? Will this? Will this? breed a ton of new Rams fans that, you know, are, are lifelong Rams fans, like you're an Eagles fan, Andrew. I'm just not sure. I mean, I think right. that, I think that the people of LA will think that this is really neat and then they'll go on to do something else next season. Right. Yeah. And you know, at, at one time, and I, I don't know if, if, if they still do this or not, but I know a, a while back, 
the Cowboys used to do some preseason training out in California. And I think it was, it was Jerry Jones saying, look, like this is a, this is a demographic and a, and a, and a market here for the taking. And so there, there's a lot of Dallas fans in California, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing, you're right. LA fans have famously had more things to do, more important things to do other than the Lakers. But even then the joke is that they always don't get there before halftime. Um, I think the other thing that hurt them is they've moved back and forth. The Rams, you know, went, went out to LA, came back to St. Louis and then went back to LA. So, you know, you don't have a guy who, you know, their dad grew up a Rams fan, right. you know, they're that that's like, Hey son, I'm going to pass my fandom down to you. And so, you know, that, that hurts them too. You know, I think it'll be, Uh, here's the thing on paper, on paper, when you look at names, when you look at strengths, this, that, and the other, it feels like the Rams, I know they're the favorite. Well, I think by three and a half was the last line I saw. It feels like a Ram Rams should go out there. And Josh, you mentioned it. This, this Bengals defense, particularly at the beginning of the year, wasn't highly thought of. And I personally thought that the chiefs were going to roll through them. And of course, when they were up 21 to three, it looked like I was right. And then, of course, they came back. So how much I guess this kind of gets into our our question of who you got, who you're picking as the winner. But so is this Rams team a team of destiny? Has Joe Burrow become such a good leader that he can get these guys to play so fired up and team coach as well? I'm not it's not just him, but they seemed to play like a team possessed in the postseason. Can they continue that in the Super Bowl? I'm going no. I've got the Rams because I I still think, despite all the bells and whistles and everything we've talked about and Cincinnati surviving this long, that it's a blocking, you know, it's a blocking and or not being blocked issue when it comes down to football in general. And I just don't think that the Bengals are going to be able to effectively block a Rams team that can get pressure on almost anybody with just four or five. As Thomas said, that leaves your back end plenty of things that they can do to try to make Joe Burrow's life a little bit harder. I mean, he does certainly look like Joe Namath in Super Bowl three. I mean, the jacket and the change and the whole nine yards, and he can just kind of magic a team to a win. I think the magic runs out. I've got the Rams to cover. I hope it's a good game. I hope we get another, you know, we've had six NFL playoff games in a row that have been great games. You don't get that a, a ton. I hope we get another one, but I got the Rams. I hear you. I hear you. Thomas, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I got to go with my man, Joe. Uh, and not only I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the Bengals and I'm taking the over 50 and mm. a half, I think is the last one I saw. Nice. That'd be a fun game for sure. I yeah. think I, uh, I, man, this is a tough one for me. Um, my gut as a football person looking at the tape, says it's the Rams, but I like what Joe Burrow's doing. If, if I don't bet on sports for this very reason, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go Rams. I do think the Rams win this ball game. Uh, I think, like Josh pointed out, I just think that that defensive front for the Rams with these deficiencies on the offensive line for the Bengals is just going to be too much for them to overcome. I will say this. I think the Bengals are built for the long haul. If they can get a better yeah. offensive line, if they can continue yeah. to develop on their defense, this won't be they won't it won't be 30 something years before they get back to the Super Bowl in my opinion. No, I agree. I think that you know, they're they're very young um at quarterback, they're very young at their or or they're young enough at their playmaking positions. I think that the Bengals will be around for a while. 
Yeah, if everybody stays healthy. All right, so that was, you know, that's our, our take on it. We'll have some time to see and look what happens. Josh, we really, really appreciate you being here talking football with us, man. We we love doing it, so it was good to have a, another another person in there. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, man, good stuff. Thomas, uh, tell the people whatever you want to tell them as we head out. Yeah, another great episode. It's been a good season. Josh, again, we appreciate you joining us, and we would uh, – We'd love to have you back next fall when we uh, talk college football and get some old uh, some old Gamecock stories from you. Yeah, just holler. Yeah, absolutely, man. For all our fans out there listening we're on social media, we're at SAA Football Fan on both Twitter and Instagram at SAA Football Fan, and then we are the slightly above average football fan podcast on Facebook. Everybody, have a great weekend uh, or whenever you're listening to this, and get ready for the Super Bowl.